This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to Realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first-time homebuyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today is our special guest, Julia Lachey Israel. She is the head of inclusion and belonging at Keller Williams, where she advises, trains, and coaches leaders, team members, and agents to recognize and address diversity, equity, and inclusion opportunities and challenges across the organization. Over the past 20 years, she has trained and coached thousands of realtors. She's a community leader and a homeowner advocate. And she's instructed continuing education courses on diversity, career development, and home ownership. She is also the co-founder and owner of Refocused University, a real estate training firm focused on career development and diversity. She's a licensed real estate broker in Minnesota and Texas. She also serves as a managing partner of the Signature Group at Keller Williams Realty Integrity Lakes in Minneapolis. She's a founding member and past president of the Twin Cities National Association of Real Estate Brokers. She also serves on the National Association of Realtors Housing Opportunity Committee and the Minnesota Association of Realtors Board of Directors. She received the Exceptional Service Award conveyed by the Minneapolis Area Realtors in 2020, and she was named among Texas's top 100 most influential people to watch in 2022. So... Julia, welcome on to the show. If that intro doesn't show, I am so excited to have you on. What an amazing, accomplished woman you are, realtor you are. We're super excited to have you on and be talking all things diversity and fair housing and real estate today. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I'm so glad you invited me. Thanks for the invitation. Of course. And we are going to dive into today's topic, which is diversity, fair housing, and real estate. We have so much to talk about in this topic. It's been a few years since we did a podcast around this episode, and I want to start having discussions around this more regularly. I mean, it's so important. You know, diversity and fair housing and real estate. We're going to talk about just why it's so important, some of the new stuff that's come out in regards to fair housing and diversity recently through NAR. So we're going to dive into all of that. But before we get started, I have to ask our signature question that I ask all of the guests who join me on The Real View, which is since the show is called The Real View, I would like to know what is the best view that you've ever seen? I have to tell you, being in this role of head of inclusion and belonging, I get to have a lot of tough conversations. I remember I got a call from a group of guys who were pretty anti-DEI. And moreover, not necessarily, I shouldn't even say anti-D, they were anti-LGBTQ. Then there was another group of people that I had a conversation with and they had something against another group of people. And then there was another group of people that had something against another group of people. And nonetheless, we had a conference. We have a conference every year called KW Family Reunion. And I have a booth. 
It's the diversity, equity, and inclusion booth. I don't have a booth. We have a booth, (laughs) but I'm supposed to be in charge of the booth, but we have a diversity, equity, and inclusion booth. I heard it was unmanned. It's not supposed to go unmanned. And so I was rushing down there to get to it, but from Eagle's view, from a far way, way, what I saw when I got there was the group of people that had called me that were anti-LGBTQ were sitting there laughing and having drinks and eating with the KW Rainbow Network guys, the LGBTQ group. And they were sitting there with KW Arabic group. And they were sitting there with a couple of Black ladies from a different group. And they were sitting there with, and it was just this whole rainbow of people who thought that they weren't didn't get along. And they were having the time of their life. And I just was like, I wish I could just capture this picture. Like, this is what it's all about. Like, we all just want to do business together. I can see that picture in my head. That is, I think, my favorite view of people who thought they didn't like each other. And I wouldn't say they all didn't. All those groups did not have issues with all those groups. But there were a lot of groups that had a lot of issues with a lot of groups. <laughs> and in that moment, they realized we're all just realtors and we're all just people. And it was a really good time. And that, to date, was my favorite view. Oh, that is so special. I love that. And I love, you know, that it's so on brand. It's so on point for the work that you do and what we're going to talk about. Very, very cool. And I love that as well. You know, we are more alike than we think. And it's just a matter of getting out there and talking to one another and spending some time together for people to realize that. Maya Angelou has a poem. She says in it, we are more alike than we are unalike. It's so true. (laughs) Yes, it's so true. Um, And I love Maya Angelou as well. So shout out. Good good person to quote, right? Okay, so I want to hear a little bit more about you. You know, why you got started in real estate, your career path. What's kind of led you to where you are today? I have been in real estate my entire adult life. I got licensed when I was 18 years old. I have not ever done anything else. I've done a couple other random things, but I've, I've been licensed and I started, in fact, I was my first client. I bought a house when I was 18 and a half. I might've just turned 19. And I was my own realtor for my first transaction. That's a whole nother podcast episode. On yeah, that's, own. that's, yeah, that really could be. <laughs> it was a hot mess. Bought my first house. And from that, other people in my neighborhood and in, in my sphere, if you will, started wanting to buy a house too. And so I started helping them buy homes and it turned into me being a first-time home buyer advocate because that's who my sphere was because who do you know at 19 that's selling a house? No one, right? So I became a first-time home buyer advocate and that lasted 20 whole doggone years. Wow, <laughs> I love that. Kind of turned into recognizing that there were obviously some disparities in home ownership. And so I began focusing on marginalized and underrepresented communities and helping people get into home ownership and access home ownership. And I started writing curriculum to teach about diversity in housing and diversity in home ownership and to help realtors be better fiduciaries for people who are underrepresented or who are historically marginalized. And so that kind of became my thing. Yeah, no, I love that. And and I'm really glad, you know, this is why I wanted to bring you on because I know you're such a great advocate for this. And so much of what you do is in education and training, you know, our, our fellow peers, our fellow realtors into how we can be the best we can be when it comes to this. But I think we should start kind of at the beginning. What is fair housing and share a little bit with us the background and history of, of fair housing in the U.S. When we talk about fair housing for most realtors, what comes to mind is 1968. 
Like, because that's the box that we know that we have to check because that's always the same question, right? But recognizing and realizing that Fair House means a lot more than that. There is a history of land ownership in the United States. Also, I think as realtors, we don't really understand the magnitude of what we do with land ownership is a really big deal. People are fighting wars about it right now, right? And so we have a history here in the United States of who had access to own and who did not have access to own. There were a lot of restrictions, policies put in place to ensure that certain people did not own, particularly Black people did not own. Discrimination in real estate by way of, of deed restrictions, racially restrictive covenants, redlining, however, you, however it showed up, became illegal in 1968 because of the Fair Housing Act. However, when we talk about fair housing, what I'd like realtors to understand is thinking it wasn't even enforced for 20 years. It wasn't enforced until 1988. We're really tough. So when we talk about people having access to homeownership, we're only talking about like 30 something years of people actually having enforcement to have the right to own a home and own land. So fair housing becomes a very current reality, not a 1968 date. It becomes a very current reality when, for example, my team, we're still selling a lot of homes to first generation home buyers. Fair housing isn't ancient history. That's the first thing I'd say. Fair housing is how we conduct ourselves on a daily basis with all of the clients that we meet and all of the consumers who want to be our clients that we don't even know exist sometimes and how we are doing our business to make sure that home ownership is accessible for anybody who wants to access it. That's fair housing. And that's a very 2023 thing. No, I think that's so important. And you made a really great point. You know, we we tend to think that, oh, this was in the past. You know, we're good now. We've came so far. But the fact that it wasn't even being enforced until 30 years ago, and that is so recent. I mean, that's it's so current. It, it's, you know, I, I don't think we should be having that mindset of, you know, this is so long ago. This is a real thing. It's happening now. It's happening every day. As you mentioned, you know, there's issues coming up every single day when it comes to this. So, you know, it's important to have the mindset that this is something that's existing and happening, regardless of of when this happened back in 1968, that it is still currently a thing here in 2023. Yeah. The best part about it, though, and I like to talk about fair housing in a very positive way, because the best thing about it is I personally can't think of any other industry I'd rather be in because we have the unique ability to make such a positive impact on generations because of the magnitude of of what real estate does. Most people build wealth and their generational wealth through home ownership and through the acquisition of real estate. And we literally have the ability to be that and do that for people every single day. It's like an amazing opportunity. It really, really is. And, and that's a great way to to kind of look at it is like we can really change somebody's life here for the generations that are yet to come. And Absolutely. I think that's a really, really powerful and awesome opportunity. What are some of the other challenges and opportunities you see when it comes to where diversity and fair housing stands right now? Probably the biggest challenge is that people don't think we should be talking about it. <laughs> that's probably the, the biggest challenge is this war on diversity, equity, and inclusion. I don't, I'm not sure I fully understand it. And the reason I say that is because I don't understand why we wouldn't want, but we all, as a country, we all do better when we all do better. I don't understand why we don't want to include people and provide opportunities for people to do better and be better. And to me, that's what diversity, equity, and inclusion means is, is simply about people. And we are in a people business. Real estate is a people business. 
And we're in a people business. And so we should talk about the people. And they're all very, very different and unique for a lot of different reasons, not just culturally or racially, but economically, experiences, education levels, et cetera. So when we talk about diversity, we're literally just talking about all the different kinds of people and offering opportunities, which is the equity part, to include them in the American dream. That's DEI to me. I'm perplexed as to why there would be an agenda to say, no, we don't, we don't want that. Yeah, it really just, it doesn't make any sense. And I know one of the things that you talk about too is just the benefits that this brings, not only from the person that we're helping, you know, achieve this dream and goal, but to the community and to other businesses and to our economy. I mean, just the impact that this can have, you know, is on such a large scale. Talk a little bit about just what it means. We kind of know the benefits of fair housing within, you know, our industry, but talk about what it means to the larger community and industry and and global economy as a whole. Well, first and foremost, for realtors, and I'm just going to be honest, I'm a realtor too, so I get it. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense, right? Like, so (laughs) let's just be honest. How does this affect my commission, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and And the reality of the conversation is when we talk about opportunities and diversity and things like that, America is a really diverse place. There are statistics out there that 70% of new homeownership growth is going to come from the Hispanic population. And there's a lot of statistics on all the diversity that's happening. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be letting 70% of business go to somebody else, right? So, So the simple fact of wrapping your head around the fact that it's good for business is a good place to start is that we're going to be able to expand our businesses by one, expanding your mindset, expanding your reach, expanding the type of clients that you are serving, how many clients you're serving. We make money by how many houses we sell, right? And so I would imagine you'd want to sell as many as possible, which means that you'd probably want to be as inclusive as possible to the types of people. That in itself, when we talk about just capitalism, like making your own money, it just makes perfect business sense. The lack of homeownership or the lack of wealth, we just said homeownership builds wealth and the lack of wealth provides a lot of economic challenges for society. When people don't have money, that's how crime happens. When people don't have money, someone else has to pay for it. There's all these other things that come into play when people don't have. So by providing the opportunity for people to build wealth, it makes all of our communities stronger. It makes our communities safer. It makes the economy circulate very differently when people have money to spend. So there's a lot of benefit if you really understand how economics work and how capitalism works, all of those types of things that is a huge advantage for people to just want to do business with more people. Yeah, no, it's so true. And like you mentioned in the, in, you know, your earlier statement was that when we're winning, when we're all winning, we're all winning. And like, there is not a downside to, you know, what we're trying to do here, at least not that I can see when we're helping somebody and increasing their generational wealth and increasing to what they're going to be able to provide for themselves and their families. I mean, it's it's just going to make us all stronger, which I think is is the really great thing about this. There is no loss in this situation and in, in putting this at the forefront of our practice. You know, there's there's really not. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training 
that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. You know, you talked about too, just the opportunity that exists with working with clients that have different backgrounds with us and in and, and different diversity and experiences. How can we as realtors attract more diverse clients? What are the type of things that we should be doing so that when this the, the populations are growing at this rate, that we're ready for that and that we're going to be able to take them on as new clients and, and make their dreams come true? I think it all starts with basically comfort level of understanding different people. You're not going to work with people you don't understand. And most of the time, if we don't have any friends that are whatever those people might be or neighbors or anything, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a story. In Minneapolis, where I'm from, we have a very large Somali population. In fact, it's the largest Somali population in the country. In fact, the only place that has a larger Somali population is Somalia, Kenya. I was chairing a diversity committee there. And one of the girls on the committee wanted to hold a class about non-interest bearing loans. The reason that's important is that a lot of the Somali immigrants, and and I don't even know if I should say a lot, but many people are Muslim. And if you're a practitioner of the Islamic faith, interest is a sin. Although people may want to participate in homeownership, many of them might not go down to the local Wells Fargo and and get an interest-bearing loan. But there are non-interest-bearing loans that exist. And so she wanted to teach a class to a particular area, a particular neighborhood, and just the business leaders. She had passed out flyers to the business leaders in that neighborhood to teach about this non-interest bearing loan product. 75 people showed up that were qualified for the product. So we have 75 ready, willing, and able buyers and two realtors to service all 75 of those people. And you know why? because we don't really know anything about the Somali community and we don't really understand that culture and we never bothered to learn. And there's a lot of areas around the country that have whatever demographic might be there that you're like, oh, we don't understand. And this community was literally down the street from our office and we never thought to say, I wonder if they want to buy a home. (laughs) So I'm sure there's neighborhoods like that all over the country of people who ha- aren't being served because we just don't really understand that culture. How hard would it be for us to go and introduce ourselves and meet somebody and, and go to some event, learn about other people's culture, learn a little bit about people. I, that's the number one way I think that we can attract more people to us is just being willing to learn about more people. And the more you're w- willing to learn about more people, the more comfortable you get working with different people, the more you're able to help different people. And on top of that, I will add, It is tremendously enriching to learn about other people. (laughs) It is my favorite thing about my job is honestly all the different kinds of people I get to meet that maybe I actually had some prejudices or stereotypes or biases about before. But when you meet people, we're kind of cool. And just learning about, you know, different experiences that that people have, you know, and 
I think that is so fascinating and why I love, same as you, I love talking to people that are different from me because just hearing from them just opens your eyes and it just makes you think differently. And it's and it's really so cool to just spend time and, and learn. There's so much we can learn from each other and so much that we can gain from just, as you mentioned, introducing ourselves, you know, having a coffee, going to a festival or an event, you know in the community. It's just, it's really, really cool. And it's, it's really special. And I mean, we hear all the time, well, the market's, you know, slowing down and there's not as much business going on. Well, and you just mentioned there were 75 people waiting. Yeah. (laughs) Waiting. And that's in just one example, one, one, you know, neighborhood that you mentioned. And it's just the opportunity is, is really great when you think about, you know, this kind of stuff and and getting, making this a focus of your business. I think it's definitely, it's really, really. And then there's also things that there's things that we do and that we say that we don't even know that are actually deterring people from wanting to work with us because we don't know any better. And there's things that we could be doing or saying differently that would attract more people to us that we don't know that we're doing. For example, what I learned, so, and some of it's geographic. I'm, I'm from, I'm originally from Seattle and I lived in Minnesota for 25 years and now I live in Texas, right? Um, but up North, we say you guys a lot, right? You all probably do too, right? Yep, no, you guys, yeah, yeah uh-huh. You guys, it's common. It's like you guys. Yeah. That means, it doesn't mean guys, it means everybody, Yeah. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> but that isn't how people take it all over the place. For a lot of people, they're like, why are you using gender-specific terms to talk to everybody? And so for a lot of people, I found that some people are offended by it. Some people are actually like not offended, but they just kind of think you're a little ignorant. And so I'm over here like, you guys, you guys. And they're looking at me like, you're so uneducated and ignorant. You wow. Know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I never saw it that way. Yeah. But, you know, not knowing what we don't know, depending on where you are geographically, people receive that differently. So I've learned to say... I always say friends. Hey, friends. Hey, friends. Or y'all, since I'm in Texas now. Y'all yeah. means all y'all. Yeah. yeah. But um, but I never knew that using you guys was actually turning people off and that I was losing business or losing people's attention or not attracting people to me by simple words that I was using that geographically we use, but it's not a geographic thing. And so simple things we don't know that you just get to learn about even your language will attract more people to you when you choose to use different language, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So important when it comes to how we can open ourselves up, you know, to work with people of all different backgrounds. I want to talk a little bit about the new required fair housing training that NAR approved uh, just at the back end of the mid-year meetings in May. Tell us about that and what that entails and what do you think it means for us as realtors in our industry? Well, there is now a requirement, just like we have an ethics requirement, there is a requirement to take diversity training. And you can take the implicit bias course that NAR offers. There'll be some other options as well. If your state has mandated diversity training, that would qualify. There'll probably be some others that will qualify. Um, But there's now a requirement to take some education about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I think that's very important. The reason that that's important is because I like to say people that need diversity training don't actually go to diversity training. Right. <laughs> They're not seeking it out. You know, usually no. that's when we deal with, you know, personal problems. Sometimes we don't want to deal with them. So we just don't yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for a couple of reasons, some people like the way that they think and they are. And some people don't know they have a problem at all. And maybe it's not a problem, but it's even an opportunity, like you're saying, you know, to grow. And so the new NAR requirement will require us to have some training about people. I don't even like to use the term DEI. Often I try to avoid it because I really just feel like this conversation is just about people. So it's people training. So the new NAR requirement requires us to have some training about people because there are things that we are doing that are still 
creating barriers for people to get into homeownership. Some intentional and some are unintentional. And the only way to, to correct that, I believe, is through education. Because if you don't know what you're doing wrong, you're going to keep doing it wrong. If you do know what you're doing wrong and you're doing it on purpose, well, you need to learn all the reasons why you need to stop. Right? <laughs> but uh, there, it all, to me, comes down to education and people not understanding um, the history behind this land that we sell. I teach a class called The Color of Real Estate, and it is shocking to me how many people are like, I never knew any of this. And yet we literally transfer the wealth of America from one hand to another every day. And you don't even have any idea about the history of land transfer. It's really important for us in our role as realtors to understand the magnitude of this land that we transfer and how important we are in that. Because honestly, we have been the barrier as realtors for a lot of people. We can either be the barrier or we can be the conduit. Those, those classes will provide us with opportunities to learn how to be better fiduciaries. Yeah. And I think it's going to it's gonna be great for all those reasons that you mentioned. And I know we as a staff went through the At Home with Diversity training through NAR a year or two ago. And I mean, you think you're well-versed and knowledgeable about this, but there is always more you can learn. And there's always new things you can discover that you didn't know before. And I think it's really going to be great. It's really going to be beneficial to our industry. And I'm so happy that this passed at mid-year and I was really excited to see that we were going to start making this bigger part of what we do. What can happen if we aren't focused on this and, and we aren't doing a good job with this? And I know you've kind of mentioned, you know, some of the repercussions and things that can happen, you know, if, if we aren't being conscientious of this. But tell us a little bit more about what can happen if we aren't focused on these fair housing practices? Well, first and foremost, it's a $16,667 fine. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. There's that, that. That's the first violation. It goes up like 50-something from there, but it's it's a substantial fine that's probably larger than your commission. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> very expensive. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's very expensive to get out of real estate jail. So let's just start there. In practical terms, I'm a very practical realtor. I get the realtor world. We are in this to make a profit. And that is something that will directly attack your profits if you're not doing it well. But that can happen. The other thing that can happen is the continuum of the disparities that exist in wealth in the United States, um, which we've already talked about the fact that real estate is the driver of that. And as we continue to have these large disparities that exist, it does negatively affect the country as a whole for people to not have opportunities. So one, we lose business, we lose money. We lose business. We prevent people from doing well and taking care of themselves and their own families. All of those things are negative results for everyone involved and not just a few people involved. It is something that people really should take time to focus on. I think there's more benefits than there are um, benefits to focusing on it than there are really negative. The negatives, of course. Some people are like, I don't care. I don't know that many people that are diverse than me. I make a good money. This is totally irrelevant to me. None of this matters. But also then I think they're failing to recognize the role that realtors play in American society and the role that even that attitude towards it plays and the effect that it has on generations and generations. And we end up being in this perpetual 
state of emergency, really, is in a state of emergency where we're in these disparities are just ridiculous deficits. And I mean, it really does contribute to the society and the economy as a whole. So there's a lot of things that could go wrong. But it starts with you getting a fair housing fine and your broker having to let you go because you're expensive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We don't want to do that. We, we, we're we in no. the business of making money, not paying fines. Um, I don't Correct. think yeah. I don't think that's something uh, any any of our members want to want to get into. When we think about fair housing and where diversity in real estate stands, it's come a long way. But I think there's still so much more work that we can do. If you had to sum it up or give one bit of advice on how we as agents can be doing better with this and and taking this more seriously and making it really a part of our everyday work in in our professional life and in our personal life, what would you say is the best way that we can really start living and breathing fair housing and diversity? Well, the first thing I I think for sure would just be to learn about different people. If nothing else, it will enrich your life because you'll find out that There's so much to learn from so many different people. And my greatest fear for people is that they never leave their zip code, even if in their own mind. There's such such a big world out there. And there's so many fascinating things. I mean, it is just truly enriching to learn. So I would just say first learn about other people. But as far as your real estate business goes, be consistent in your practices. And what I mean by that is if you have a buyer consultation, do the exact same buyer consultation every single time. If you have a listing presentation, do the exact same listing presentation every single time. And the reason is two things. One, it protects us from our own little ignorant selves, really because I'll use myself as an example. I judge people. I do, right? We all do, right? I've got biases and prejudices and I'll size people up real quick, yep. right? We all do. <laughs> so, it's the human yeah, nature, I think. Do. Yes, yes. And, and, but if I'm consistent, if I do the exact same thing every single time, it doesn't matter who's in front of me. It doesn't matter what I think about them or even what I don't know that I think about them. I'm going to give them the same excellent service that I gave my very best friend because I do the same thing every time. It keeps you out of real estate jail. (laughs) If for some reason you're brought before professional standards, which I hope you never are, they will ask you, show us how you normally consistently do it. And if you can't demonstrate how you normally consistently do it, well, maybe you did do it differently for that person. Maybe you weren't actually fair, whether you knew it or not. But by being consistent in your practices and your policies that you have, it will help you help more people, even if it's accidentally helping more people, because you might have unintentionally turned somebody away. But being consistent is really key in providing fair housing. So true. I love that. Go out, talk to people, see people that are different than you, go visit different neighborhoods and different communities, and then be consistent. I love that. Two really great takeaways and things that you all can do starting today to start making this an everyday way of life. So Julia, this was so fantastic. Thank you so much for for joining me. What an amazing and passionate soul you are. And this was so great to learn a little bit more about you and what you do and, and your wealth of knowledge for our industry is really, really amazing. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. We will be back with you guys next week. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.